The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do too. Like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit score safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. We're back with Thompson to Clark, Double G here, Brad here, and we're going to talk some Giants baseball, but I, I had an idea because of basically what happened last week and what we are, if you have the World Series on in the background, Rangers mm-hmm. in Diamondbacks game three. So there's a nice little past, present, and future situation going on. Uh, we'll talk about Bob Melvin. That is the future of this giant squad. Talk about Dusty Baker, the past, and then the current, the present, is uh, is Bruce Bochy and his Texas Rangers against these, just the Diamondbacks that just never go away. No, man. You know, they had like a minus 15 <clears throat> run differential in the regular season. Yeah. And what did Philly have? Like a plus 81 or something <laughs> like that? I mean, it was, like, you know, mismatch from the start. But again, you, you know, who plays hot? And and that's the beauty of baseball. Everybody, oh, you know, we got to change this uh, format. Uh, you know, all this other nonsense. Man, you know what? If you're playing good baseball... And you're you're making the plays and you're getting the timely hits. That's baseball, man. That that's absolutely the way it should be. And I, I love this playoff format. I don't have any problems with it. I mean, if the Giants won 108 games, <laughs> went to the playoffs and lost, you know, got got the first round by and then and then lost three games to none, I'd say. And it was a fake team, man. I mean, yeah. this, this team wasn't built for October. Uh, you got to be built for October. And I, I think Tori Lavolo's got his uh, got his guys just cranking, man. And Bochi does too, of course. But it's, you know, man, it's exciting. I don't have a problem with the way the playoffs work. Obviously, the Giants got ousted in that two out of three series against the Dodgers a couple of years ago. That, that was not fun. <laughs> right. 
but that was more yeah. the seating than anything else to me. Yeah. I mean, you you could you could tinker with the seating. You could also make the NLCS um or no, the divisional round. You could also make that 7 if you wanted to. Yeah. That would extend some things. You may have to have less off days to get this thing wrapped up uh, by November. And it's funny because I just saw, I think it was a couple of days ago, it was the ninth anniversary of Madison Bumgarner in 2014. And I was like, wait, the, the series went seven and it was over? Like, we're barely in like game number two here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I mean... You know, I, that, that's the only problem you get when, when you get extra teams, you get extra rounds of playoffs. You're going to go a little bit longer, but having, I mean, they remedied that by having no travel days Yeah. Uh, for the first round, all three games at the higher seed. And, and I like that because you should have an advantage. If you're a higher seed, what better advantage do you have than the fact that you don't have to travel? Yeah. You just stay at home. And you get your home crowd for three games. So if you get ousted in that, hey, that's on you. Yeah, no, 100%. The, I think what happens, and th- this is going to happen when you don't have your big-time favorites in there, they're going to point to the TV ratings. And, of course, the Arizona Diamondbacks are not nearly the national draw that the Dodgers would have been the Yankees and the Red Sox didn't even make the playoffs. So there's really no argument for those guys, but it's really about the stories, right? It's about the network's ability to tell the story of the Arizona diamondbacks to give people a reason to watch who may not be baseball fans, except until the world series. And that's just going to be harder than harder uh, as it goes, as the media, as we know it exists, the way that cable works today. I'm, I'm sure there are some folks who might be tuned into the World Series if they didn't drop their cable. And (laughs) Fox is one of the only networks that doesn't have a streaming service. So unfortunately for you cord cutters, there's no way to watch the World Series if you were cutting the cord. So on Fox Sports, so the Fox Sports app uh, on the Apple TV. Now I have Hulu. You have Hulu Live as well. Yes, yes. You and I with our 4k TVs because, and I don't know how it works for anybody else, but Hulu doesn't carry 4k programming um, other than it's original programming. That's not live. That's you know not DVR and whatnot. We can watch the world series in 4k, which I was doing the other night. And it was absolutely fantastic college football on Saturdays in 4k and whatnot, but, but only Fox sports. Mm-hmm. And again, I believe you have to have some sort of service that also yeah. gives you Fox on yeah. it. You have to have some sort of cable yeah. uh, subscription. By the way, the Rangers are starting to hit the baseball right here in the oh. third inning. It's oh, now three to zero. Was that a Seeger yak? Yes. He just Good hit a two-run gosh. jack. He, he, man, this is going to be the Corey Seeger show. If the Rangers end up going and winning this thing, then it, he's going to be battling Adolis for the MVP if they if they go on to win this. Year. Insane postseasons by those guys. Yeah. So we're going to so we'll circle back. We'll, we'll give our predictions. And, and basically, if this game gets out of hand, that might uh, bias our prediction a little bit. I will say, <laughs> I'll say right now, I, I'm just leaning towards Texas just because of the, the Bochi factor and the fact that, yeah. you know, it's probably a little too early for the diamondbacks. 
but that that is where I lean. But hey, they went out and they spanked him in game two. So Arizona is here to play. All right, let's talk about the future here with, with Bob Melvin. You and I were going back and forth in text on the on the press conference. I did a short little mini podcast only episode of this show uh, after that was over. And so you haven't had an opportunity to talk about Bob Melvin officially joining. We talked about it last week as if it was almost a done deal. But now that you've had a week, what do you feel? How do you feel? You know, I'm glad we didn't jinx it. There's that. Um, I, I am more and more and more on board as the days go by. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more excited when we start to hear about the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like Matt Williams is coming. That's what it sounds like. See, I've been kind of out of the loop this weekend. I uh, haven't had a chance to to see too much in terms of that. I've been, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, my, my wife and I had our, our, our wedding anniversary this weekend. So we just kind of hung out. But then I was working on the cars because, you know, you can't have too much fun. You got to you got to go work on the cars sometimes. And so that kind of took me away from a lot of sports news this weekend, unfortunately. But, yeah, I, I, I am digging this more and more. I think the Giants got exactly who they wanted um, that Bob, Bob Melvin, it seems like from everything we've heard so far, was the target in the offseason. If San Diego was going to let him talk at all to the Giants, the Giants were going to snag him and make him their man, um, which we're not used to as Giants fans. We're not used to, uh, uh, you know, pinpointing somebody in, quote unquote, free agency and saying, this is our guy. We want this guy. And then getting that guy. We're not used to that as Giants fans over the like the last 10 years. So, um so it's exciting. I think I want to see what type of baseball we get. If we start getting some old school baseball back, a little bit of the analytic uh, and, and feel mixed to it, which I think we will. I think Bochi is more, uh, you know, like more than 50% on the feel side. I think Kapler is more than 50% on the analytic side. I think Bob Melvin is that in-betweener. And so I'm excited to see that, that we get that nice mix again. Uh, I would love to see a five-man rotation, six-man rotation, because uh, six-man rotations are kind of a thing now in baseball. Um, I don't think I want to see openers anymore. Uh, I want to see what Bob Melvin brings to the table in terms of filling out a lineup card uh, day in and day out without heavy, heavy, heavy platoons. Um, uh, of course, this all completely falls on free agency mm-hmm. and, and what, the, what the upper brass can do. Um, you know, do the, do the pocketbooks open? Do we go over the threshold uh, for a year? You know, all the talk, everything that's been floating around from the Greg Johnson comments, it's, it's kind of, you know, nice to have Bob Melvin in place. Nice to have Farhan back. Uh, he's building up that minor league system. So, uh, I'm excited, man. I, it's crazy because usually this time of year, I'm a little burned out from baseball, especially if the Giants if the Giants aren't in the playoffs. Usually this time of year, I am definitely burned out. I'm like, you know, I've changed my focus to hockey, uh, <laughs> the football. I'm kind of working on that. And then maybe, you know, especially this time of year, it's time for classic horror movies, uh, uh, you know, getting ready for Halloween. But I am fully entrenched in like Giants baseball right now. I am I am on board and, and ready to start the season already. Uh, I'm ready for spring training, man. I'm I'm ready for free agency. I'm ready to see what direction we go. What did you think about what Andrew Bagley wrote about the Giants possibly being in on the Matt 
Chapman situation. Chapman did not have a good year last year offensively. Right. Uh, I mean, defensively, he is fantastic. He is one of those guys that, uh, you know, could be, in my mind, you look at him and you go, well, that's, you know, J.D. Davis was starting to put the glove together. Uh, Casey Schmidt obviously can play third base. But if you can get a guy like Chapman, especially on the cheap, he kind of fits the Giants mold at this time of his career. He's 30 years old, coming off of a rough season. Um May want to get back to the Bay Area. May may want to play for Bob Melvin again. Uh, so a lot of things kind of pointing in that direction that could work for us. I I think I'd be okay with the move. Um, I mean, we've seen his numbers. He 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 hits. He can hit like two twenty. Unfortunately, he can hit two oh seven. I think one of his batting averages over the last few years. Um, so that's the rough part of Matt Chapman, but the power and the glove. Uh, I think that can kind of fit into what the Giants are looking for, uh, shore up that defense, uh, get a better glove at third base, and a guy who could hit 25, 30 home runs. I mean, again, we talk about J.D. Davis, but we saw the gigantic slump in the second half. Oh, my gosh. After he was off to a tear. So you can't have that. Um, you know, it's some consistency like Matt Chapman, even though he had a rough year last year he had two home runs in the last weekend of the season. So, you know, it's, it's there. The power is there. The glove is there. It's the batting average is not there. Um, but Bob Melvin, we know can work with him. I, I read something or, or maybe it was in that Baggerly piece, but th- I think he wrote that the reason why Marcus Simeon was able to play shortstop and they were concerned about the range but what alleviated that concern is Matt Chapman on that side of the field. And yeah. so you look at Marco Luciano on that side of the field, maybe he's not going to be as rangy as Brandon Crawford in his prime. But if you have a stud right next to him, that probably helps him, especially in his rookie season, if he's going to be the shortstop. That is intriguing to me. And maybe you do give up a little bit of the bat. J.D. Davis, nice player. Um, Casey Schmidt, not ready, uh, obviously, based on what we saw this year. Wilmer is going to Wilmer. He's going to play, you know, a little bit of first and hopefully not too much second. He can play third in a pinch, but hopefully he's just mostly going to be a DH. So there's options, you know, for them there. And I I would like... uh, if you if you tell me right now, and this is going to cost some money, but if you say Matt Chapman is your starting third baseman and J.D. Davis is not, I think I'm pretty okay with that. And oh, that's, yeah. not a, that's not a slight at Davis. It's just that I think Matt Chapman is a little bit better of a baseball player. Now, I think the expectation is that if he doesn't hit 25 jacks, does, does that mean he's disappointment? And I think you have to look at it a little bit differently. Uh, but the way that baseball free agency works, somebody is going to pay him as if he can hit 25 home runs every year. So that's part yeah. of the problem. And, and I think with the Giants, what they really need to do is is mix in um, veteran. I'm trying to say this nicely. Veterans who have had success in the past, because, you know, we're going to have a lot of youth this next season. Um, <clears throat> but I think I think Farhan. And I think Bob Melvin would like to minimize that youth because a lot of these guys came up obviously prematurely. Uh, the Giants just 
due to injuries, due to uh, non-performing, the Giants just kind of had to shove some of these guys along. And also they, you know, uh, Meckler, Luciano, uh, they get up to triple A and they start mashing the ball. Then what do you do? The fans see that and they go, our roster up here is boring. Those guys, those kids, they're exciting in triple A. We want them up here. Um, so you kind of, you know, you, their hand was forced. So if you can mix in other guys, I mean, again, I'm trying to say this nicely, Conforto, <laughs> Hanniger, they, they aren't, they, they aren't the guys who are veterans who have had success to the level of a Matt Chapman, who's been in the top 10 uh, of MVP voting two, two years in a row. He finished sixth and seventh. And I think what year was that? Um, seventh and then sixth, 2018, 2019, not that far not that removed, ago, yeah. but that success and knowing what it takes. And that success was in Oakland and that success was under Bob Melvin. So, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of a match that really makes sense. It would be a very exciting move. Yeah. I'm going to give you three players and I want you to rank them in importance of how badly you want the Giants to sign these guys. Okay. So the first one, and where this isn't, this is going to be the, the non Otani edition. <laughs> yeah. Otani. I was, yeah. I was going to say, you kind of have to take that one out because you, you'd love to have them, but I'm also kind of shifting gears of like, you know, we're probably not going to have. Yeah. Them, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here are the three players. Uh, number one, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who we've been talking about. Uh, it's funny because uh, Melvin, it was Melvin or, or, or Zaidi was like, yeah, we can't talk about these guys yet because they haven't officially been posted. <laughs> so it's like you can't really say it's anything. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, you, you get, you. Kind of, I guess you get fined. Is it tampering if you, you talk about you, these guys if they're not posted uh, yet? You know, I'm not sure how it works in the international rules. But yeah, if you start talking about, uh, you know, we'd love to have Matt Chapman. Let's get Matt Chapman over here. We're going to talk to him. I think that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Uh, so Yamamoto, uh, Cody Bellinger, okay, and then the third player I'm going to list here, just because the Giants have been tied to this guy, Jung Hoo Lee from the uh, Korean League. Those three guys, I think if the Giants got one of them, it would be awesome. If they got two of them, you're talking about, you know, possibly winning the the off season here. Uh, but how would you rank them? Who do you want more? Uh, first, second, and third. You know, not to be too boring, but I think you just ranked them for me. Um, Yamamoto would be my number one because I love pitching. I, I mean, you know, going through 10, 12, and 14 and having dominating pitching, that's exciting. But but now you're watching the World Series and you get a Max Scherzer out there. Oh, my God. He's now getting shelled. And what is he giving up three runs in, in three innings and four innings now? It looks like he just um, got through whatever that inning. I think. Yeah, but he's he's down three nothing now. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm sorry. No, yeah. Scherzer's, my, my Scherzer's bad. up. Yeah. Scherzer. Yeah. Scherzer's. Yeah. Scherzer's shutting him out. So, I mean, but but again, you're still seeing like, what was it? A 7-1 ball game the other night. Yeah. Uh, you know. You've you've seen a lot of home runs. You've seen a lot of runs scored uh, during this playoff series. So having that pitching to kind of nullify that um, when you're not a team that's going to go out there and score six runs a game, uh, which the Giants probably won't be this season. Um, I, I think, honestly, even no matter who they get, 
you know, offensively, I don't think they're going to be a team that scores six runs a game. If they can score four or five runs a game, and then they can also, uh, you know, shut down the other team and, and only allow three runs a game with your starting pitching and then get to a, a nasty bullpen. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I'd put Yamamoto first. Oh, uh, you know, kind of a toss up for the other two, but I like Bellinger. I, I think, I mean, God, we've needed a center fielder for how long now? Um, so to have a glove out in center field, the guy who has the potential to hit 300 and a guy who has the potential to hit 30 home runs. Um, I, I think, I think those would be my top two and then Lee would be my third. Yeah. yeah and the hard part is we we've heard the least amount about Lee. So it's kind of hard to kind of go, Oh yeah. You know, we're big yeah. Lee fans here. In, yeah. In yeah. <laughs> really and no slide on Lee's. I, I no. think that's probably why I put him third too, yeah. because you know, I've seen, I've, I've seen the videos of, on Yamamoto um, and, and, you know, we've seen firsthand what Bellinger could do against us for years. So, yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah. You get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, some interesting rankings that I saw of Giants free agents. Uh, there, there's a, I mean, there's a tons of lists out there. If you want to look at, you know, MLB has their list. There's different websites that have their lists. And I was looking at where Jock and those guys would be uh, on the MLB list as far as free agents are concerned. Uh, Jock would be like f- uh, 40th uh, on this list that I saw. Wow. Alex Wood was like 50th on another list that I saw. Uh, Conforto. I don't, I don't know if Conforto is not listed here just because he's still not opted out, but I, one other list had him in the uh, in like the late 20s. So the guys that the Giants have who are free agents, they're, they, they may not be as highly sought out as maybe we thought. But yeah, as, as happens, as you get late in the free, agent, free agency game and you miss out on your first and your second and your third, and all of a sudden, Michael Conforto, you talk yourself into it. You know, it's only been three years since he was an all-star and you do it. <laughs> and, and so I, I don't know that. I, I wonder if that does yeah. play into the giants hands. I doubt it. I kind of doubt that it does, but, but it would be, it would suck for Conforto if he opts out and then it's just like, Oh, we got, yeah, we got one of your deals for you. Well, you know, take your pick. And it's like, Oh, I just had some, you know, a, at least a little bit of security with the giants. And then I just opted yeah. out. So. Well, I mean, and he's got, you know, if he opts in, he's got a starting job. Yeah. I mean, we know that with the Giants, he's got a starting job on a team that could possibly compete. Uh, again, it, it's unfortunate that he can't wait to see who the Giants get. Because if the Giants do get Yamamoto, then Giants do get Bellinger and, and Conforto all of a sudden goes, huh. And Manea opts back in and he goes, hmm, you know, that's possible. Maybe I stick around and see what this team can do. Um especially with Bob Melvin now. And I, I failed to mention that last week that, you know, with Bob Melvin being the manager now, does, does Sean Manea 
all of a sudden go, hey, I love Bob Melvin. I pitched <laughs> for Bob Melvin. He knows what I can do. I had some good years under him. So I think I'm going to stick around for one more year and kind of see where this goes. And and maybe same thing with Conforto, even though he hasn't played for him. Now he's got like one of the most well-respected managers in in the in the bigs right now. And wow, he, another shot at Kapler, man. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I just <laughs> I I mean, <laughs> I, I I just think it's hilarious when yeah. They, you know, they're talking about Melvin and what he brings to the table in the back of my head. And I'm, I'm just thinking, wait, did Kepler not bring that to the table? Is that a shot? Apparently not, because if he did, he'd probably still be here. That's the thing. Zadie's still here. If Kepler brought all that to the table, he'd still be here. I, th- I still think Kepler is a great baseball guy. I mean, absolutely fantastic. I think he's good with, um, you know, his teaching, I think he's good with, um, you know, maybe managing some of the younger guys coming up in the minors, uh, player development, all of those things. I think it's great. I mean, he, he obviously still has a, a long um, career ahead of him in the game. I mean, gosh, it's been around for a while and, and, and people really don't have anything bad to say about the guy. Okay. Um, well, uh, yeah. you just, I, I'm, I'm not, not that I'm going to disagree, but I will tell you yeah, yeah. What, a, what a friend told me. Okay. Uh, somebody he knows, uh, I guess, did something with the giant with the Giants' home games. I don't know exactly what the job was. I'm not exactly sure what what that person did. It had something to do with the clubhouse, I think. And he said that Gabe was kind of a chore to deal with. You know, yeah. now some of this is before the game. May have the game face on, right? After the game, depending win or lose, may have the game face on. So I, I'm not going to, yeah. you know, to take that piece out of context. That could very well have been the situation, but probably, you know, maybe he's just a little less personable than some other people yeah, in that. Story. I was, I was going to say, I think he's a, I think he's a low personality guy. I don't think, I don't think he's the guy in the room that's going to fire everybody up. That's going to be the rah, rah guy. And then when things start going wrong, he's not the guy who's going to go in and overturn the table, um, you know, and, and knock over your chess game or whatever it was that uh, Jock Peterson was playing. What was that game? <laughs> the, the, the card game. Was yeah. it a card game? I think it was a card game. Yeah. yeah. The, the, so, like it was like a, was it like a Filipino card game? Or I think like? so. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never heard of it before. And when they mentioned it, I was like, I don't even know what that is. Um, All right. Now, now let's, uh, so we talked about Melvin. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about Melvin for a lot every week until the season starts. And uh, well, for the next three years. Yeah. Yeah. For the next three years. <laughs> Let's see. Knock on wood. Will we still be doing this podcast in three years? Yes, we will. I will be 50 by then. I don't know what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) As I just turned 50. It's all, you know, after that, you just keep going. You just keep doing what you got to embrace it. That is that that is the the wisdom that I seek is how do you just age gracefully? That that, that's that's the wisdom. I just age. I don't know the gracefully part. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Dusty. Dusty was somebody who, uh, early in his career, was a little bit of a thorn in the giant side because he had a long history with the Dodgers from 76 to 83. Before that, he was on the Braves. He played with Hank Aaron. 
I think he was like on deck when Hank Aaron hit the home run to break Babe's record or something. He was, like yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, you kind of look like we love looking at baseball reference. Dusty Baker. I'm just going there right now because I, I do love it. Was 19 when he got his first at bats wow, with man. the Braves. As a 23-year-old, he was uh, in the top 25 of the MVP race. Uh, as a 31-year-old, he finished fourth in the MVP, had his best season uh, up to that point, uh, probably for his career, 1980 at 29 jacks and 97 RBI. Um, there, There's a stolen base category here that I can't find. Oh, he double-digit stolen bases, and he won the Silver Slugger the following year. He, uh, this was the strike shortened year, uh, seventh in, in the MVP race and a gold glove. The first time he'd ever won the gold glove. And then in 82 also made the all-star game again. And then in 83, that was his last year with the Dodgers. He goes to the giants in 1984. I can remember my dad saying, we don't need that stinking Dodger. Dusty Baker. <laughs> <laughs> but. In hindsight, we were so thankful that that stinking Dodger came to the Giants because he oh, created yeah. uh, a little bit of uh, of lineage there with the team. He would finish his career with the Oakland A's, stayed in the Bay Area for his 36 and 37-year-old seasons. And then when we would see him again was when he was on Roger Craig's staff with the Giants as a... Was he a first base coach and a hitting coach? What? What? I, f- I forget exactly what he did before he became the manager. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember either. I was just about look to look up. that up. Yeah, yeah. But baseball, he's Baseball he Reference was, has a coaching page for does, coaches yeah. too. I just can't find it. Manager. Page. He was. Uh, he was one of those guys too. You know, the the those guys back in the day who would walk more than they would strike out. And you look at the, you look at the walk numbers and you look at the strikeout numbers and you go, you know, Dusty had 8,000 plate appearances and only struck out 926 times and walked 762 times. So pretty close there. I mean, cause there was a couple of seasons where he, he out walked his strikeouts like one year 40 to 27, another year 72 to 59. Um, just an on-base guy. And I love looking at numbers too from MVP candidates. Like he he finished seventh in MVP voting. Well, I'm not going to use that year because 1981 was a strike year. Yeah. Uh, 19, 1980 he finished fourth in MVP voting. He hit 294 with 29 home runs. That was enough to get you fourth in voting in MVP. Uh, also, he had, he had, he was a good glove guy too. I mean, that was the other thing about Dusty. He was also a good glove guy. So um, yeah, these, I mean, baseball reference, I could be on here all day. Actually, Wikipedia has a nice little summary about what no. happened and how Baker came to the giants. So I'm going to read from Wikipedia. Baker was working as a stock broker in 1987 (laughs) when he received a call from Hank Aaron, Joe Morgan and Frank Robinson to go to Dallas, Texas to try to get jobs 
for minority baseball players after they finished their playing careers, which came in wake of controversial remarks by Dodgers general manager Al Campanis in 1987. While in Dallas, Bob Kennedy, senior baseball operations executive for the San Francisco Giants, told Baker that Al Rosen, general manager, asked to see Baker about a possible job. On the advice of his father, Baker, alongside his brother and daughter, set out to Lake Arrowhead to pray and seek guidance to decide whether he should see Rosen and possibly return to baseball. However, while checking into the hotel, this is insane, (laughs) Baker encountered Bob Lurie, uh, Giants owner, which seemed a sign for Baker to take an opportunity uh, when it was offered when Baker eventually met Rosen, Rosen's uh, stated interest in having him serve as a first base coach, which differed from Baker stating interest in possibly being an assistant manager because Rosen thought he would be better suited to manage on the field. Baker set out a goal to try and manage within five years. He would step down. Baker's coaching career started as first base coach for the Giants in 88. And then he spent the following four years, 89 through 92, as the hitting coach. In 92, he managed the Scottsdale Scorpions in the Arizona Fall League. And then in 92, Roger Craig was fired. Bob Quinn was named general manager and the new ownership led by Peter McGowan. And then in December of 92, this is not I wonder what the date was that Barry signed because it's pretty close to, to when Barry signed yeah. Baker was hired to manage the ball club, becoming the seventh black manager hired to manage a major league baseball team. Now this is, this is fun. He beat out for this managing position. John Wathan, former catcher of wow. the Kansas city Royals. Davy Lopes, though another dirty Dodger, but the, he was drafted. <laughs> he was drafted by the Giants, which I I did not know about that. Uh, Tom Treblehorn and Ron Gardenhire. So those would have been the possible managers if it wasn't for D. Bake becoming the Giants manager. Wow! And Ron Gardenhire then became the the manager of the Twins later on. <clears throat> yes. Had a good run with them. Man, there's just some great names. Yeah, I, and that's the funny thing is back then, we don't know about this stuff. We don't yeah. know about all the possibilities of these guys, you know, who who interviewed for the manager's position like Lopes and and and, and Wathan. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just looking up to see when Barry Bonds signed. So it would have been like a week uh, before that, right? December 6th, 1992. That's when wow. the news broke. So before... Before Dusty Baker was even the manager. Yeah, that's crazy. That's wow. All right. I wonder I'm if sure he, that would have been an automatic for him. Well, I wonder if he had an opinion on it. I wonder if they asked Bonds, you know, what what he thought about who he wanted to be managed by. That'd be yeah, it's quite possible. Yeah. So Dusty, the reason why we're talking about Dusty, not because we love him and not because he was the Giants manager from 1989 through 2002, it is because he. And the Houston Astros lost the ALCS to the Texas Rangers. And then Baker decided to step away from the game and he's not going to be a manager. And it just really accentuates how happy we were for him when he won his championship, his world series last year, because 
you know, that's a long career in baseball. You go back all the way from 1969 to 2023, all the years that he's given to baseball. So, so happy that he got that last year. And, you know, it sounds like he was thinking about it after the end of last year, but he did come back this year and stuck it through. They got all the way to the ALCS again. So another fantastic job. And I think there's been some years past, right? There's been 21 years since Dusty managed for the Giants. And 1989, uh, I'm sorry, 1993, he comes in and they get Barry and they're off to the races and then they sort of falter at the end of the season. He makes this decision that, uh, Solomon Torres is going to start the last must-win game. <laughs> you know, today it would be a lot different because you, yeah. you, you, maybe you would try and get in a couple of innings out of Torres, but maybe you, you, you throw an opener and Torres comes in to pitch some swing innings, and you're trying to make it a bullpen game. But that was not the case, so that was the decision number one that I think most fans are would think that Baker, you know, maybe made a questionable decision, and then. In 2002, I don't want to bring up this bad memory again, but just, it's just on his resume, right, where he takes out Russ Ortiz, gives Russ the ball as if to signify, hey, you pitched a hell of a game and we're about to win the World Series, and we didn't win the World Series. We would yes. go on to lose that game in the most heartbreaking fashion of, of just about anything I've ever encountered. And then in Game 7, it wasn't really that close for them. So, uh, yeah. you know, the, but there were some... There were some ups during that time frame as well. The Giants were, I would say they were good more often than they were bad during that time period Mm -hmm. of Dusty at the helm. And I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again here. My favorite Dusty Baker quote, the Giants were playing the A's in in interleague play. And I don't remember the exact reason why Tim Hudson plunked bonds but he plunked bonds and they were kind of mad at the at the fact that he plunked bonds and i think hudson maybe you know didn't apologize for plunking bonds (laughs) and baker's quote was that tim hudson was a little too light in the ass to go after bonds (laughs) tim hudson who would then be on the 2014 world series team the light in the ass i hadn't heard that light light in the ass (laughs) god i do miss you know i do miss the post games with dusty i do miss the fired up dusty coming flying out of the dugout and you know with the with the wristbands on oh yeah the wristbands. The, those long arms that he's got and just you know angry and you know but then the toothpick and the smacking on the uh you know smacking on the top of the dugout railing and uh clapping his hands and i mean he was just he was a character man he was a lot of fun to watch as a giants fan just you know seeing dusty in the dugout all the time so you know, baseball is going to miss him, man. I mean, he's still, I mean, look, he can still manage. I mean, the guy it, it took the Astros as far as it, they did, especially with the injuries and when the pitching started falling off and, and the, and that team hit the skids and, and then had to try to bounce back at the, at the end of the season, um, you know, to get as far as they did and, and go into, uh, you know, the ALCS with the, with the Rangers and go to toe to toe with them. I mean, that was, uh, a guy can still manage. So when he was on the Giants staff, uh, I think he was not even 40 yet when he became the first base coach. 
And so, you know, you think of back then when, when you and I are teenagers and he's the manager and he's 44 years old, you know, we probably thought, oh, this guy's kind of old. But if you think about it, 44, <laughs> to just finished playing the game three years earlier, and then he's managing. He he was out of the game, uh, so yeah. That that what a, what a cool the cool way that he he was brought into the organization. I I do you know I have a book that remember when we had uh, Charles on the guy who got all the autographs of that uh-huh. one team. So yeah. he he told me about this book, and I I bought it. It was basically about. The '92 season of uh, when when McGowan bought the team so Ooh. that they could stay here, and so I, I don't know if that's exactly what it's about, but the, 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 a big portion of it is about that. And so you, you sort of mentioned earlier how we didn't really know some of these behind the scene things when we were younger. I before next season starts, I want to read that book and and have uh, that that'll be my my goal for yeah uh next year's opening days to have that book read by then because that that'll be a lot of fun just to see all the things because like there have been trades uh that had been rumored that i'd never heard about it was like oh yeah jo- you know the yankees were trying to get will clark and they were offering don matting i was like what when yeah. i've never heard of this before <laughs> i i vaguely remember something about that but yeah no details because again we don't have we don't have the level of no i wouldn't say reporting but the level i'd say the 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 number of reporters that mm-hmm. we have now or bloggers or people who have access to um you know the clubhouses and dugouts and, and and everywhere and access to people via social media. I mean, you can have a blogger who happens to know somebody in the Yankees organization um, who may know somebody in the front office, and all you have to do is send them a text at two o'clock in the morning, and that person hits you back, and all of a sudden <laughs> you have information. Back then, it wasn't like that. You had to dig. I mean, you had to really go around. You had to make phone calls. You had to show up at places and try to get people to talk. Nowadays, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll talk to you, whatever. Yeah, imagine yeah, be- ni- 1992, Bud Geraci's like, huh, a text? What do you guys <laughs> yeah, mean text? Exactly. Like, a, like, a, like typing on a typewriter? Like the t- yeah. that, That's text? No. He's like, no, I was just in the clubhouse. My day's <laughs> over. I'm out of the clubhouse now. <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 took their phone uh, off the hook, so all I get is a busy signal. That's yeah, how exactly. I know they don't want me to call them. <laughs> all right, now let's look. Uh, let's look at the 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 current Bochi, Texas. They are still up as we are recording. It is the fifth inning. It is three to zero. Texas is leading. Uh, the, the now these are the, the three games in a row. In uh, is is it Chase still? What is what is Arizona's? I believe it is Chase Field. Yeah, and Max yeah. Scherzer was pulled because of uh, back tightness. So just the, uh, they, could, they could just say he was old. Like, yeah, exactly. Old, old, injury old. Yeah, just uh, he was pulled because of oldness. Well, I, I mean, I hope for I him know. because if this thing does go to a, a game seven i mean maybe he if he's healthy maybe he's a part of that game seven yeah um, so hopefully it's not too bad hopefully it's something that he can work through but bruce bochi is on the cusp of in his first season back as manager to win another world series championship the third team that he has managed that's gone to the world series now he didn't win one in 
San Diego, but he did win three with San Francisco. I fully expect the Rangers to win because the Diamondbacks rise is it's hard to explain. Like, like when, like we, we giants played the diamondbacks 14 times or whatever it was. And not one time did I think, you know what? These diamondbacks don't have a chance to win the world. Series. (laughs) Like never did I think that one time. And it wasn't until the very end of the season where I was like, Oh man, they're going to make the playoffs. We thought it was going to be us instead of them until we uh, fell off uh, at the end there. So do you, have a way that you can see the Diamondbacks winning it all, and and I say that as, uh, you know, one of our listeners, Shelvin, is is in Phoenix right now, rooting his butt off for the Diamondbacks. So it's not nice. that I don't hope that that happens. Yeah, but you know, I'm just really, I, I I'm trying to figure out what is the path, how do they do it, because player for player, it just seems like this Rangers roster is better. Yeah, they have to speed. The Rangers to death. I mean, that's kind of that's their game: speed and defense. Um, they they can go on home run streaks. Carroll Walker, uh, you know, those guys can they can hit the ball out of the ballpark. And, and Mar- Mar- Marte is kind of out of his mind right now. Marte is playing fantastic. So if that can keep happening, um, the the thing you have to do with Texas is keep them in the yard too. So I, I, if you can keep Texas station to station baseball. Um, you, you can beat them like five, four, four, three, um, like the diamondbacks did the other night. What was, uh, I, what was the final score game? Nine to one, nine to one. Yeah. I think I turned it off when it was seven, one. So, uh, you know, it, that's, again, that was the whole thing was the speed, getting guys on base, hitting gappers, uh, running for days. That's kind of what they do. And in this ballpark, you can do that as well. Um, but if you start giving up home runs to the Rangers, they get on base. And that's the other problem, too. You see two run home runs. You see three run home runs from yeah. the Rangers quite yeah. often. Um, from the Diamondbacks, you see a lot of solo home runs. But you get those guys on base, and, and man, they're they're going to run you into the ground. So I think that's kind of what they have to keep doing is is getting on base, running the bases as well as they do. And continuing to play great defense in the outfield, tracking balls down, and just keep Texas in the yard. But yeah, I mean, like you said too. I mean, I was going back to look to, to see how we did against Arizona this year, but same thing. At no point this year was I like, yeah, this is a <laughs> this is a great team. This team is fantastic. No, we no, we I mean, always said they were fun. They were young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, we're going to see Corbin Carroll for like the next seven years, and he's going to be a pain in our sides. Yeah. But it was never like, oh, yeah, this team is going to be playing October base. So we, I mean, we just figured it was the Dodgers. We're very thankful for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. We're thankful for that happening. We love the Diamondbacks for that. But now this is a different level. And I don't know. I just think Bochy's going to have the Rangers ready. He he knows. He, he's been on, like, if you think of the Giants championships. The, so I think, you know, Texas was, may have been favored in 2010 to beat the Giants. Uh, I know uh, Detroit was very heavily favored to beat them in in 2012. I think yeah. I think in uh, 2014 it was probably a little closer to 500. That was a very even, yeah. But Bochi, I think he he knows the stage and he he's like, look, we're the favorites. Uh, we're supposed to win this thing, but I managed a team that was the underdog and had a pitcher who was throwing about 77 miles an hour start game one. His name is Barry Zito. 
<laughs> and 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 uh, a portly third baseman who hit three jacks, two of them off of Justin Verlander in his prime. His name was Pablo Sandoval. So oh, Bochi yeah. just has so much experience in this moment. I got to imagine that this team is ready. And uh, but look, Diamondbacks won Game Two in Texas, and they kind of won it running away. So yeah, uh, these this game is going to be interesting. If the Diamondbacks can come back and fight, having three games at home. If they lose one, they obviously can't finish it at home. But I, I like the fact that they're, you know, they're competing. So it, it makes it interesting. And yeah, the idea that not a lot of people are interested in this World Series, I sort of get it. But I think we love the story of Boach. We know the Diamondbacks fairly well. So we're probably slightly more invested than the, the national fan. Yeah, you're right. And, and, you know, like you said earlier, too, you're leaning towards Texas because of Bochi. I'm honestly leaning towards Texas because the Diamondbacks are in the West. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't want the Giants to open in Arizona where the Arizona is unfurling the to see their rings. And, yeah, getting the rings and all that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to deal with that in the National League West. Man. That's, that's so, a good point. It's a yeah, great so point. I think Bochi needs to take this one for us. <laughs> All right, let's uh, end the show by talking about our, our drink here. I, I I love grocery shopping, and and sometimes you know my wife will decide to to go grocery shopping early. She's you know she's been up since six, and you know just getting stuff done. And you know I'm kind of waking up, getting my coffee, and I was like, where did she go? Oh, <laughs> she's knocking at the door. Groceries are here. Put them away. And so I'm like, oh, man, I didn't get to go to grocery store. But I did get to go to grocery store this weekend. And I remembered a uh, a flavored a burb, uh, flavored whiskey that I had had a lot of during the pandemic when we first started the show. Jameson makes a few different uh, types of, of whiskeys. They have their, their normal Irish whiskey. They have an IPA flavored and also a stout flavored. There's like an orange one too, but I, I can't imagine tasting the orange one. I'm not, I'm not down for that one. <laughs> but, you know, I haven't had the IPA flavored one in a while. And like I've told you, I like the taste of beer. I do not like feeling bloated when I drink beer. Right. So this is actually perfect because I get the IPA flavor, but it's whiskey. And so I don't feel the the rumblings in my stomach after I drink it. So this is like the perfect thing. And then I saw that you had a beer. So I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Where we kind of got the same flavor going on. Yeah, I was, uh, I was gonna go with some bourbon tonight, but then I had some last night. Um, you had some nice red wine over the weekend for our anniversary. And I was like, you know, I'm really in the mood for a beer. So I haven't had a, you know, this time of year. So tomorrow night for, for Halloween, we like to, uh, we have this candy shoot that we set up and then we just kind of hang out on the porch and, and usually crack like a bottle of red or I have like a heavy stout or something like that. So tonight I went, I went the hop hunter. Uh, it's a, it's a Sierra Nevada classic. My camera can't pick it up. There it is. It's a Sierra Nevada classic. So Sierra Nevada did this like uh classic 12 pack where they, they did a vote on their website a while back. And, and it was like, if you're a fan of Sierra Nevada and you miss these like eight beers, rank them. 
Mm. And so it's beers that they've retired. They came out, there were seasonals years ago or whatever. So they had Ruthless Rye IPA, which I was my number one, and I voted for that. Um, Flipside Red, Hop Hunter IPA was in there, and the Nooner Pilsner. So uh, so they ended, those ended up winning. They made a 12-pack out of them that come out this summer. And uh, uh, the Hop Hunter is really good. It's made with distilled hop oil. So wow. they actually took the hop oils, distilled it down, and then they refrigerate it. Then when they make their batches of beer like this, they can put in and it's like getting fresh hops. It's oh, not wow. aged hops. It's That's not, interesting. You know, yeah. So it's really good. It's very tasty beer. Um, so I'm cranking that one down tonight because lots of sports on tonight. We got. Oh, Yeah. The Raiders playing against the Lions. We got the the Rangers and the uh, and the Diamondbacks in the World Series. A lot going on tonight, man. The Warriors are playing right now. No, I, I, I watched right. the first, uh, like the first seven or eight minutes of the first quarter. Then I put it on pause so that we could come record. So I've been like. Uh, notifications (laughs) turn off i don't want to know anything and then i'm gonna have some dinner and then i'll go up and take a shower and while i'm getting ready for my shower i'll zip through a lot of the game and see how that game is going uh so yeah good segue because brian and i will be back on thursday with our warriors uh warriors podcast warriors play so as we're recording on monday night play monday they play wednesday against kings so thursday Brian and I will have a good five games of, of stuff to talk about. And, and then we, we can preview the very first in-season tournament. Now, you don't know about this, probably, but they did a little... They, they took NBA took a little bit from soccer here. Oh. They have an in-season tournament where you have pool play, and you have... The Warriors are in a pool based on I think record from last year is a big part of it. So they're in like this pool of like four teams, I think. And then you, if you win this pool, then you go out and then, you know, you have this all season long are these tournament games. So the, the beginning of this tournament starts Friday. They, they have that uh, they've created uh, different colored floors. I don't know if the actual broadcasts are going to be any different for these in, in tournament uh, season game in season tournament games, but it's an experiment. And I, I always thought it was an experiment to uh, sell a television package of games to a network. <laughs> like Turner wants this ESPN yeah. wants this. Hey, Amazon, we got this in season tournament package that that's uh nice and, and fresh here. Uh, you got, you can be at the forefront of this brand new idea huh. that we're stealing from soccer so yeah, kind of interesting. Now, now, what is the the end game for that? So there's a tournament, and then if you get out of the pool, do you play in like a playoff type of thing? Yeah, they, they, there's a playoff, and I think it's uh one game. So win or lose, you know, win or go oh. home, essentially. Okay. And the championship, and I, maybe the semifinals as well, is going to be in Vegas in December. Wow. So they're really doing it up cool. pretty big. It, I like that. I really hope that catches on here in the States in terms of all of the sports, because Mm -hmm. honestly, one of the best things of being a soccer fan is if you're a fan of a team and for some reason that team isn't meeting expectations and you're not in the top three or four and you're not going to get to the Champions League next year and you may not win your league because again, there's no playoffs in soccer. It's just you finish the top of your table with the most wins and the most points 
you win the league and that's it. Um, so to have these in-season tournaments of all these different cups that these teams play mm-hmm. in, uh, it's so fun. I mean, it's just, it's a whole other level. Um, and honestly, it makes it that much more exciting when you're playing a, a video game like FIFA. Yeah. And then you know that it's like, oh, well, I'm doing okay, but oh, tournament game all of a sudden in the middle of the season now I got to figure out who I want to play, <laughs> who is going to rest. And that's what, you know, so that's what's going to be interesting with the NBA too. Are they going to have like, you know, the coach is going to have to decide, well, you know, this game's not as important as the season game coming up against the Lakers in three days. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to rest these guys and, and, you know, and whatnot. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see how that plays out. I think the thing that I'm having a hard time with, and this is most NBA fans is, What's in it for the players other than a couple of bucks for the stars? Right. A couple of bucks is like, yeah, you know, give this to I'm put this on a tip for my house cleaner at the yeah. uh, you know, for Christmas. <laughs> but for some of these young players, there's actual money. You know, it's actually really yeah. like your number eight, your number nine on your bench. I mean, yeah. gosh, that's, uh, you know, a whole other yeah, like you said, a whole other paycheck. Yeah, so you're kind of playing yeah. for those guys in a sense to, you know, as far as that is concerned. But I don't know. I, I, I think it's the NBA has got to be really creative and trying to make it important, trying to make it worthwhile, trying to present it to the fans as something different. Because to the fans, it's just a regular season game and it has a shiny new sticker on it. So they're going to have that's why I'm interested in seeing if they're going to change up the broadcast a little bit if they're going you know they've already done the floors they have new floors for every team during these tournament games that is and cool we'll we'll see what else happens but yeah that that's actually this friday so we'll see the first one on friday well you know me as a non-nba fan i'll watch the playoffs you know if the warriors are in i'll, I'll tune in uh but being as a non big nba fan i'm interested in this tournament now i mean that that sounds exciting to me so i i guess you know, they've already done their job. <laughs> uh, all right. We are done here. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. Uh, we're going to have to figure out some, uh, some 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 schedules around the holidays. Actually, you know what? The holidays yeah. are not. We, we record Monday. The holidays are on uh, Thursday, obviously, for Thanksgiving. And then I think is Christmas on the weekend this year. You know, I think they are from what I remember because I've taken a couple of days off and I haven't had to take too many off. So let's see. The Actually, Christmas is a Monday and uh, New Year's Day is a Monday. So it looks like we'll be. Yeah. So we'll be pushing those we'll out Tuesdays day. on those days. So, yeah. 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 And, the, and the Rams play the the New York Giants on Christmas Eve. Wow. No, sorry, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. We play the New York Giants. Giants. What's up with Stafford? What's up with his thumb? He has a strained UCL in his thumb, and he's listed as day to day. I don't okay. know. It's his throwing hand, so I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know about day to day. I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine. Who's your backup quarterback? So, well, our backup is a dude who came off the bench yesterday. I can't even remember his name. <laughs> you know, it's his first season with the team. But Stetson, the, the quarterback from uh, that they drafted from Georgia um, ended up going into what's rumored to be rehab. So he's oh, actually okay. hasn't been with the team. The so entire, that that entire was season. The, the thing behind that. Got it. Yeah. So they tried to get Wolford who they had last year off of the Tampa Bay bucks practice squad. 
And he politely declined. Oh, wow. He said, I'm going to stay with Tampa Bay. Yeah. I'm not quite sure Baker Mayfield's going to last here. I might have a shot to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, so who knows that, you know, Carson Wentz was thrown around. Nick Foles. Carson Palmer's still around. He's got to be about 45. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. That. Yeah, get him. I, I Mark, Mark Sanchez <laughs> up in the booth. Bring him on There down. you go. <laughs> he can do it. <laughs> Tom Brady's out there. <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week. Uh, for Brad, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.